0: Hey everyone, welcome to Punkcast. My name is William Maxwell. I'm a student of Web3 and the owner of Punk9527. CryptoPunks are 10,000 uniquely generated characters stored permanently on the Ethereum blockchain. No punk is the same. This is a show dedicated to celebrating the punks behind the punk. My hope for this podcast is that we capture the essence of the punk culture, elevate the brand and the individual behind the punk. One last thing. Projects discussed on the show is not financial advice. Crypto and NFTs are a volatile and risky asset class. Please always do your own research. Other than that, let's go. Hi, welcome back to PunkCast. We've got Punk1829 joining the show today. She's a 2 addy with classic shades and dark mohawk hair, but he is a foundation and super rare artist in real life focused on photography and books. Please welcome Shane Levelette to the show. Shane, welcome.
1: Hello. Hey, thank you for having me. It's it's good to be on.
0: No, it's uh, nice to sort of have you. I think we've been trying to organize this chat for some time. I think life got in the way.
1: This is true. Yeah, and holidays and all sorts of things, but the stars have aligned.
0: Absolutely. And so where are you sort of dialing in from today?
1: Uh, I'm in Houston, Texas, based in Houston these days. I'm an artist myself, as you mentioned. I, I work with photography and me and a colleague of mine, I guess when the pandemic hit, we put our heads together. We started a platform called Assembly, which began essentially as a gallery and agency to work with and support artists working in photography. And we had a few artists we were working with who were really interested in in Web3 and NFTs, and that's really what brought us into the space. But we opened a physical gallery that's in Houston, and then we started a platform called Assembly Curated uh, in early 2021, which was the first curated art photography platform and community. Uh, So both of us kind of come from the nonprofit world and have worked as curators for, I guess, a combined few decades each. And we're really excited about supporting artists and and venturing into this new space for visual art and and in particular, this medium that we really love, photography.
0: Amazing. And uh, yeah, I mean, we're going to have to sort of unpack assembly a little bit more. Question is, is before you started into, you know, uh, assembly and and Web3, like what's your sort of background, how did, you know, where did you sort of grow up and what did you sort of do?
1: Yeah, well, I'm from Vermont originally. I studied photography. I spent a bit of time in Boston. I was in upstate New York for a long time. I worked as the director of a nonprofit organization up there called Lightwork, which Uh, I think really sort of expanded my interest in working with and supporting artists and curating. I've I've spent a number of years working with photographers to help them publish photography books, which is another big passion of mine, kind of an avid uh, book collector and just think it's a really great medium. For photography. And yeah, I've just been active as an artist myself for, I guess, about 15 years or so now. Um, within the NFT space, I've launched uh, two projects or collections of my work, uh, one of which sold out within maybe a month or so over the course of summer of 2021 when I launched it. And then more recently, I launched another collection, which I think I have maybe 12 or 13 pieces left from the collection of 60 uh, but it's it's one of my, um, I guess I would say most important bodies of work or a project that's, that's really important to me uh, that began as a commission for uh, the High Museum of Art in Atlanta. It's basically a project about music and its relationship to landscape in the American South. And so as a photography project, it sort of takes you all over the American South, Louisiana, Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia, and so on. So I've kind of worn many hats I guess you could say in my career both creatively as an artist and and nurturing my own artistic practice and then I think I've been equally fulfilled by finding ways to work with other artists whose work I really like and admire and supporting them.
0: That's awesome yeah I'm just having a look at your pieces on foundation they're quite beautiful. Um, Thank you. I I guess how would you describe your sort of genre of Photography. Like, I know nothing about photography.
1: Yeah, it's hard to position myself, but there is, I think, a long history of color photography and uh, I guess American landscape photography that emerged. And I'm sure in the early days of my own developing my own interest in photography, I was hugely influenced by a lot of those uh, artists and photographers. But, you know, a lot of the projects that I've done have been. Kind of place-based. They're, I guess, what you might call lyrical documentary. They're work that's made about a place and a time or sort of has a story to it. Um, And yet there is maybe also a poetic quality to the work. There's kind of like a lyrical or interpretive quality to it as well. So like with the work you're looking at, One Sun, One Shadow, I, I wasn't literally traveling to photograph, say, blues musicians around the American South. I was very interested in kind of the musicality of everyday life and, and the way that the themes and stories that come out of songs are kind of an expression of place and, you know, vice versa, the way in which uh, place really informs song or music which is you know a strange thing to fo- to photograph or explore through a medium like photography right because there's no sound many of my photographs are actually some might even call them quiet <laughs> but you know I think as a viewer there's this opportunity to kind of explore and look more deeply at the world and that's one thing I do as a photographer I, I really love kind of slowing down and paying attention to things.
0: Yeah I think I don't know just having a scroll down through I guess the pieces it- it definitely evokes sort of a calming sort of emotions out of it soothing uh i think the colors that you use and it's pleasant on the eyes and uh yeah so i'm just looking at some of the, the people photos as well um that you sort of taken you just seem to sort of take certain moments of them where they're just you know in their own element which is uh which is pretty cool well thank you yeah man so let's talk a little bit more around um assembly and how you sort of Got inspired for that like what was the impetus to to drive you to set up assembly
1: well there were a few artists and friends who i knew and then of course myself that were interested in nfts and i think photography is a medium that's really suited to nfts i mean at this point it is kind of natively digital Um, it's definitely a medium that desires to be reproduced and desires to be seen and consumed in all kinds of ways Um, and yet until blockchain, there wasn't really, I think, an easy mechanism for, um, you know, verifying authenticity and ownership and provenance. Um, so for artists who work with photography, I think it, it presents two things. Both it's like an opportunity to bring existing work um, to the NFT space and, and use it sort of as like an archive or a mechanism for establishing, you know, look, these are the... Um, you know, one of one works in their ideal form in a way that's cohesive. Um, And I think there's also the opportunity for some artists that are maybe more experimental to think about how to leverage the technology to do things that are really creative and outside the box or, you know, allow audiences to experience or interpret photography in in ways that are entirely new. Um, And so through Assembly, we were interested in doing a bit of both, working with You know, emerging and, uh, you know, a few highly recognized established artists to both introduce work that has prominence within the traditional art space, as well as help artists who are kind of interested in experimenting within the NFT space um, through providing a platform, through providing um, curatorial context and education around the work. Uh, and when we launched there, there really wasn't a community for art photography. There were very few photographers who had minted, um, their work and it was very difficult to kind of find where do I go and where do I look uh, for interesting and, and high quality, uh, art photography. So assembly launched as the first curated fine art photography platform and community. And, you know, since then, I think there's been this explosion in NFT photography. There's a number of platforms that have popped up, you know, some of which I think have done really great work. You know, it's a bit like galleries or artist run spaces or publishers and the, you know, and IRL. (laughs) Um, And so everyone kind of has their own curatorial voice and, you know, the way that they kind of amplify and work with artists. But for us, I think it was kind of and me being an artist myself, I really wanted to help others into the space in a way that I guess put into place best practices for how to bring, uh, photography to the space. Um, you know, with, when you're an artist and you print work, for example, there's all these kind of expectations around, you know, archival paper and, you know, how do you addition the pieces and all these things that are, I think, very well established in the traditional art world um but with nfts and web3 you know the tools were literally evolving while we were launching this right there wasn't manifold at the time to kind of easily mint and deploy your own smart contract easily or all of these kind of like opportunities and possibilities weren't fully at your fingertips you're sort of limited by the existing big marketplaces that were out there so that was another idea right like not only do we want to make sure artists deploy their own smart contracts and kind of fully have ownership of their work in this space. And, you know, hopefully the ability to control things like royalties and and finding ongoing support for their work and practice, but also amidst the literal kind of sea of of noise and even within a medium like photography, create a bit of a space that you can go to to filter some of that and, and have a, a bit of curatorial expertise to lead you towards some great artists and projects that are worth spending time with and you know perhaps supporting or collecting
0: it's really interesting i think one of the reasons why i sort of struggle with getting my head around photography art, it just feels like and maybe i've said this on another podcast as well it just feels like um the word's probably not low effort or maybe it is in some ways i think i did say it like that in terms of you know you take the photo and then you just bring it and mint it on the blockchain and i think when you compare that with say for example generative art i think the magic sort of happens on chain right There's a co-creation process with the artist there's just a an element of randomness and variability in the the body of work and the artist loses a little bit of control around that which makes it a little bit special and and i think it's really leverage i guess what i'm sort of saying is that the generative art piece really leverages nft technology and blockchain i guess from your perspective like how how are you sort of seeing you know blockchain nft really help photography art or showcase photography art in a different way
1: yeah, well, that was actually one of the big challenges because with a medium like photography, it it often demands like an exhibition space where you can move through the work, right? There's often kind of a narrative to the work or there's a beginning and an end and or sort of like a book, for example, right? There's there's a narrative arc in the work and the connections between the pictures or their relationships to each other are a big part of the work. But you're right. like I mean, I think we live in a world where making great images is, like, easier than ever because of technology, because of, you know, anything, right? AI or the way in which cameras just assist the creation of images or kind of helping make them striking or stronger as standalone images. But being a photographic artist is kind of separate from that, I think. Like, making images is being a creative, um, but being an artist who works with photography, I think, is having that deeper understanding of the language of photography, kind of what you're interested in conceptually, the potential storytelling aspect, and, you know, the connection between the work and images. So that was immediately one of the things that was kind of apparent and glaring in the NFT space is that all of these marketplaces that exist are exactly that. They're like a marketplace that's often intended for trading and sorting by floor price or like whatever it might be, as opposed to experiencing the work in kind of a deeper way and being able to move through it, um, purely for the sake of experiencing. Right. Whereas, you know, maybe the ability to transact or purchase is a little bit secondary to that. So when we built the assembly curated platform, um, even in its beta version, you know, it's very simple, but the idea was like, yeah, you can, you know, go into kind of slideshow mode and, and click on an image and move through the work in a way that leads you through the project for the sake of experiencing it. And I think that's what photographic artists do very well. They, you know, they tell stories, they, you know, photographs are in my eyes, these like priceless artifacts and relics, right? They, they do tell history. They're sort of like keepers of culture. They're keepers of time. They're just, hugely important and valuable to our society and our culture. And, you know, yet there's many, many millions or trillions of them circulating. So not all of them are going to, you know, be artistic or um, maybe be as important within the context of, you know, fine art or collecting. But I think creating the opportunity to create those deeper experiences with the work was something we recognized was really needed. And then creating that deeper cultural context and curatorial context for the work was something that was really needed so that for folks who might be new to photography at least it's sort of distilled in that way where you can kind of better understand like oh wow this this artist really has a photographic voice and what's being conveyed with this work and how it's moving me or transporting me or educating me or creating meaning in the world is of real value i think that there are some artists working with photography that are Embracing the way in which blockchain or NFTs presents this new opportunity, kind of like what you alluded to, that is such a natural fit for something like generative art, right? So there are artists that are literally experimenting with generative photographic work, or there are artists that already use a generative practice within their physical art practice that are developing and translating that to the space. Or there are artists that are, you know, someone like Penelope Ambrico, who we worked with on Assembly, who already kind of mines digital archives and works, makes work that's sort of about digital ownership and image creation and collective consciousness around images. Uh, Her work is already sort of internet-based and reliant on communities. And uh, she's very interested in kind of translating her practice into this space for, you know, all the obvious reasons. So I think from a conceptual standpoint, those are obviously the most kind of stimulating and exciting. Uh, But I still think there's like real value for historical photography, you know, vintage photography or contemporary photography that might be in the vein of, say, something like what I do or, you know whether it's documentary work or, you know, more experimental in nature.
0: That's cool. And so, like, if you were to give some advice to new collectors into the photography space, like, how would you, I mean, would you be able to provide some sort of frameworks for them to sort of think through as they're looking to um, collect some NFT art?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it does demand time and attention like anything right like when you explore a generative art collection you know say it's a thousand outputs that's actually really demanding most photography collections tend to at most be say a hundred pieces or 50 pieces or something like that so i mean my first suggestion is really to like give it real time and attention and care and sort of make space for it the same way that you might explore an algorithm or outputs for for generative art or you know explore a pfp collection and kind of get interested and obsessed with various traits i think that photography is something that's really dynamic and you know in some ways is an antithesis to those but in other ways is not so drastically different i think you can kind of find some similar you know discoveries or things about an artist and their work that might appeal to you on a personal level one thing that i like about photography i mean i think there have been times where the market has been you know, quote unquote frothy, or there's been a lot of activity, but right now is a relatively more tame moment. So I think a lot of the emphasis goes on the quality of the work and a lot of the collecting is not intended to be, you know, quick flips or, you know, it's really a a lot of collecting is done either with a a long-term idea in mind uh, for holding and appreciating the work or out of pure appreciation, right? Just out of the pure joy of supporting an artist who's, Work you believe is important or maybe resonates with you on a, an emotional level or an intellectual level. So, I think approaching photography from that perspective is really important. It's like artists are making work that is powerful and moving and are presenting you that opportunity to, you know, explore some aspect of the world that you might not explore otherwise or see the world around you in a way that could be different than how you currently see it. And you Know that again, that's kind of priceless and pretty special.
0: Nice, I'll uh definitely take a closer look. Maybe just uh one other question before we, we move back into the punks. I'm, I'm absolutely intrigued by this sort of space. So, so, so like, I guess because the photographers that come to mind in NFT space that have really commanded attention in my mind has been just a and maybe drifter shoots, which are which are both. Happen to be punks as well. What what do you sort of feels like being the impetus for them to to command that much attention on on their body of work? Like what have they done uh, that's different from I guess the other sort of photographers and collectors in the space?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think they both have compelling stories that um, maybe translate well and are kind of digestible and relatable to broad audiences. They both are well especially Justin was very early in the space and really kind of carved out a space for his work and appreciation of it um, even in particular within the punks community by working with a lot of folks and working on creative projects like the Save art space billboard project and helping amplify punks in a way that I think was really meaningful to others who are within the community and you know, I think his work has resonance and has emotion to it that people can connect with. And then there's also just that community building aspect where people, you know, want to support builders and individuals who are energetic and, you know, who can maybe market themselves well, or who just bring good, positive energy to the space. And, um, you know, I think similarly with Drift, there's sort of like a story there that people can latch on to and connect with. And, you know, appreciate some aspect of, I guess, who he is as a person or how he's operating in the world and and what some of that work uh, might mean in the bigger scheme of things. You know, I think there's a lot of artists who have found their voice as like a creator. You know, maybe Kath is another example. Yutreda's work I really love, actually. I think Yutreda's amazing and brilliant. You know, a few other artists who come to mind, I mean, Ruben Wu, who works photographically, I think is making incredible, incredible work. But, you know, there's there's a group of artists who have found large audiences and therefore a large appreciation and that often translates, I suppose, to um, value for their work uh, through Web3. And, you know, equally important, I think there have just been maybe smaller voices or individuals that are not as active at marketing themselves or you know might not their their work might have a lot of depth to it but they're sort of just not the kind of people that are great at selling it or kind of bringing it to the space and so i think sometimes platforms or you know others in the space can be really helpful for those artists and there's a lot of artists who have made really truly incredible and important work you know over the history of photography who Uh, should be recognized and uh, should be a part of this space as well. Uh, So I think it's uh, one thing that I love about about Web3 and the NFT space is there's this kind of overlap between those, uh, I don't even want to necessarily call them two worlds because they're not like that separate, but they're sort of woven together in a way that I think can be a really positive thing for, you know, everyone involved. But I yeah, do think that like what it distills to is that like the work that often resonates, either the story and the work itself that is really hitting an audience, or it's the, you know, person behind it and the personality or some sort of combo of those things that really excites people and and makes, you know, folks want to align with the artist that makes people want to support that artist or kind of become a part of what might be their, you know, community as opposed to, um, you know, kind of bring in PFP terms or something.
0: Nice. And then maybe just taking it back a little bit into your NFT journey now, I think you sort of set up the gallery in around COVID time, 2020. At what point did you find out about NFTs and how did you sort of you know, go down the rabbit holes of NFTs?
1: Yeah, I think I've been interested in crypto for a little while, maybe since more seriously since 2017, and had always kind of been intrigued by Ethereum and smart contract capabilities. And in 2020 or so, kind of got interested in NFTs and saw the potential, I think, for visual art, and therefore, of course, photography, which is this world that I've worked in for like 20 years or so. And then as an artist myself, you know, the potential to find audiences through that, uh, to find financial support through that and sort of sustainability in your artistic practice. Um, And furthermore, I think innovation. But in it was really in twenty twenty one that I got much more serious about that through through launching projects and experimenting in the space and kind of seeing uh, you know what works or like or where it's or where the sort of pressure points or pain points are in the space as well and kind of what's needed. and I think again, that's kind of where I saw the need for you know a platform that presents really strong work in a way that is you know truly curated and contextualized.
0: But, um, what was your first nFT?
1: first nFT that I bought? Hmm. This is a good question. I should probably know this. I actually think I'm almost certain that it was a piece by uh, an artist named Fernando Gallegos, who is an artist photographer who was active in the NFT space around the same time as myself. And, you know, I think on some hand, it makes sense that I would support or acquire something from another photographic artist. uh, That was that was one of the things that I noticed immediately and loved about the NFT space is that it is it is very communal, it's very supportive. Uh, so many artists who have been successful selling their work immediately collect and support the work of other artists. And so, you know, I think it it took probably... Selling my first piece or pieces to position me to be able to buy more actively, but I think it began with, of course, collecting photographic piece by an artist who I like and appreciate uh, as a person, and then from there, it you know just snowballed into all kinds of stuff. Right, I, I definitely explored a lot of uh, PFP communities. I've um, explored generative art and I've been in the Art Blocks community for a long time and appreciate many artists and projects that have come out of that Um, or just the broader generative art community as well. Um, You know, like you said, I think it's, it is a medium that's, it's sort of like inherently a part of uh, the way the technology works and there's a total Renaissance happening, I think for, for generative art, which, you know, has existed for a long time. You know, it's not like generative art is new or algorithmic art is new. But it's enabled and kind of propelled in really interesting ways by blockchain. So, yeah, I think my, my collecting is kind of a mix of those things. It's like dabbling in various communities like PFPs, exploring the world of generative art, and then other photography and photographers that I appreciate.
0: Yeah, nice. And what was your, um, what's the Shane Levelette rookie card? Like, um, what was your first NFT that you minted? Like, your, your created?
1: Oh, that I minted? Oh, good question. I So I the first project I made was called New Monuments, and it's actually a collection of, if I remember correctly, 40 photographs. So I'm not positive which one was the first one minted in the series. I'd have to look back and double check on that. But um, I minted the collection altogether and sort of launched it as a cohesive collection of 40 pieces. And the project was a series of photographs that I made in Rome, Italy, that is basically exploring ideas of preservation or conservation. So I was photographing, you know, architecture and art and statues. And, you know, I had some special access to a few museums, you know, conservation or preservation departments and mixing these photographs that essentially explore how we're desiring to preserve things. Um, and how certain objects maybe have an aura to them, uh, with everyday life on the streets of Rome. So to me, it is a, a fairly conceptual project. It's sort of about that human desire to hold on to things, whether it's memories or places or objects or things of cultural significance or you know our bodies or you know people in our lives that are important to us or our ideas of place, um, etc. So. I thought it was actually a very interesting project to be my "quote unquote" genesis, um, in part because I, you know, I was very interested in blockchain as um, this sense of permanence around it, right? This idea that those those mints are, you know, in theory, there forever, um, and there's this, um, you know, provenance that we can sort of look back to, um, and then you know, certain images might develop that. Aura or have more significance and you know things like that and then there's a few photographs within the project that i thought also resonated with i guess other other elements in this space like tokens or value and so if you explore the collection really closely there's a few little kind of hints and nods within there that i think are kind of interesting but that was the project that i that i launched and um, you know I was really lucky to have a lot of amazing collectors support the work and it, it went to some good some good homes yeah and that was I think that was summer of 2021.
0: Nice I'll have to I have to dig that out of the archive and have a look and so what was your journey then into I guess the, the punk community like how did you navigate your way through and I think it's always really pleasing and comforting to know that you know artists of your caliber and you know Justin Eversano and Drifter Shoots uh all in the punk community and you know I think it it's a bit of a nod to the punk artwork when you have, you know, really esteemed artists uh, collecting the collection, basically. Mm.
1: Yeah. I mean, of course, if I could go back in time, I would be early enough to have minted punks or been there for the early days um, when it was probably, I guess, in theory, even more punk. Right. Um, But I think I had, met and connected with a lot of individuals in the space who I appreciated from this community and connected with on a personal level. Um, And, you know, as I learned more about the history of the space, you know, definitely started to see the way in which punks are both, you know, creative, they're, you know, artistic, but they're sort of these historical um, records on chain that uh, filter out and kind of pave the way for all sorts of other possibilities in this space. Um, and so that's like really how I see it and what kind of compelled me to be involved. And, you know, I think that if it weren't for actually Tony Herrera, who's a a great punk and and personality in the space who I admire, who's very generous, you know, for me, it was really because I wasn't early to to this, it was a matter of finding homes for my work and saving up through that, as well as an opportunity through him that, um, Allowed me to get my first through um, a trade that we worked out. So, and you know, I think Tony's done that for other artists in the space and for other interesting people who he wants to kind of help bring into this community. You know, Tony's uh, generosity and energy around punks is kind of infectious. And, you know, I think he's not alone. There's a lot of people that are kind of like that and um, supportive and, and generous and kind of inclusive. So that's something I've, you know, appreciated about it. And that's sort of my origin story, I suppose. You know, I wish I could say I was around at an earlier moment, but for me, it was always kind of like this thing that I wish I could attain or I would love to, and then was finally made possible at some point.
0: When was that? Like, when did you pick up your first punk is, is the one that you have now your first punk or did you have one before?
1: No, it was actually a different one. It was, I want to say it was like fall of 2021 or so. So, or maybe like right in the winter there. And actually, yeah, the first punk was a, a nerd glasses punk, which I was one of the traits that I really like in the collection. And, you know, uh, my current one is in my eyes, it's, it's kind of like, well, it's, it's a female punk, which I actually really like the. Uh, head size and proportion of female punks. I have to say, um, and so I've always kind of liked certain ones, and then certain traits like sunglasses, or I feel like you know the mohawk is sort of like a, a classic punk trait. Appreciate many many of the different traits, but um, you know, somewhat limited to certain floor traits, I suppose, when it comes to acquiring.
0: No, she's a she's a cool punk. I, I love the mohawk. Uh, it's definitely a very it signals punk.
1: It does. She's, I always say that she's way cooler than I am. I guess I'll put it that way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I could probably say that too. Um, and were you spending long on, on looking at traits and when you were sort of looking for your current punk?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess when I came into the space in early 2021, or even earlier when I was just exploring NFTs in 2020, I, it was around then even. So it was like at least a year of kind of exploring a collection and you know, it, again, it was it was out of reach, so it wasn't exploring like I was shopping. It was just exploring to explore. But uh, you know, I did I did have, of course, a, a list of some traits that I liked a lot, and I do like relatively simple punks, I have to say, or like maybe minimal, so um, not too many traits going on. Actually, is like a preference. I, I I like something about maybe that's just like the minimalist in me, or they they're quote unquote clean. But yeah, but I, but I like her.
0: Yeah, no, she's nice. And if money wasn't an issue for you, like, uh, what would be your dream punk?
1: <laughs> oh gosh, uh, well, it's probably one that doesn't even exist in the collection. If I could do anything on that minimalism train, I'd pro- it'd probably be like an alien that has nerd glasses. So it's like a like a super blue kind of crazy futuristic. Oddity in the collection, and I don't think that one exists actually. No, but I also do like punks that I guess have some qualities that reflect, I suppose, what I look like. Or there's certain traits that I like to like. Some of the you know bearded punks. Yeah, again, you know, actually, nerd glasses is one of my favorites. I just feel like they're a classic. So beard, nerd glasses. That's always cool.
0: And and I guess with your background of photography and curation. I mean, how do you see the Punks collection? Do you see that more of art? Do you see that more of a, a, a you know, a profile picture type play? I
1: mean, I like, think how do you see? It? you know, I think that in the vein of, you know, a lot of artists that create work that's at scale and as a form of early, you know, generative art, um, it sort of op- operates in both. But as I said, I think it's also just historic. It's a collection that, um, sort of pave the way for a lot of others to think about what's what's possible. And, you know, it does serve the purpose of uh, avatars and personalities within a space, and it it has that potential, but it, you know, can sort of be seen, uh, you know, again, like the ICA, right? Like next to Warhol or like positioning and understanding in relation to some pop art that exists or other artistic movements. Um, So I, I think it's a bit of both.
0: And in this market right now, uh, are you looking at any particular collections to add to your bags at the moment, or uh, are you sort of just sitting on the sidelines?
1: Well, I'm always following art blocks projects. Um, I actually, I didn't end up getting one, but the Renders game, one that was recent, was very cool. There was the Braindrops project that happened recently, Life in West America, that caught my attention. I tried to mint it, but I had a failed transaction or multiple. And then I tried to buy some on secondary and I had failed transactions. I left, you know, had some work to do or like something that came up and I was like, oh, you know, floor price will come down or something like that. I'll, I'll check this out later. And of course it went the other direction. Um, so I ended up kind of missing the boat on those. But there is actually, a, speaking of assembly, there's a beautiful collection that just launched today. That's by Simon Roberts, who's a a well-known British photographer. It's sort of a a project that was created amidst COVID and lockdown, and he got some special access to the VA and a Museum. I think he had originally seen some pictures that they posted online of some of these statues that were sort of shrouded in plastic um, during that period where uh, they were closed to the public. And he made these photographs that are just kind of like suspended in time. They're these like fascinating and beautiful Time capsules, um, and I'm sort of eyeing a few of those that I'm that I'm looking at. Um, but I think it's a, a really beautiful and moving photography collection. And then uh, you know there's a few projects that I know are upcoming that I'll be excited about too.
0: Yeah, I need to get back into the art blocks game. I've sort of been uh, out of the loop. I sort of feel like I'm missing some uh, really pieces uh, from the collection there. And when you look back, I guess through your NFT career, um, are there any sort of You know, wins or losses worth mentioning?
1: Oh, let's see. Losses. Well, I guess nothing is a loss if you don't sell it, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Actually, so, you know, I guess this is a big loss. I was, this last, when was that? Back in the fall, I was actually hacked. Uh, And so, unfortunately, I literally lost a lot of things due to a wallet compromise. Um, And that was a very painful experience. And uh, as, Unfortunately, one of the challenges I think of Web three right security in this space is um, very much a challenge. Even people that are versed in it and um, you know know the space, there's still a lot of vulnerabilities. And in my case, it wasn't a bad transaction or anything like that that I signed. But it was, uh, unfortunately, I was literally the target of a hack. And someone got to some sensitive information and they took a lot of stuff that was
0: Uh, Sorry, man.
1: And, you know, I'm not, as we talked about, I'm not a whale. I don't have endless funds. I'm sort of an artist who has sold some work in the space and then supported the work of other artists and dabbled in PFPs and generative art as a result of you know, being able to be active in this space. And so for me, that was a huge loss and was really difficult to go through. But on the other end of that, you know, it did sort of show me that there's a lot more good actors in this space than bad. I connected with a lot of people after who were super helpful, some people who gifted me some pieces, um, some NFTs. Uh, Eric Snowfro of Artblocks actually minted a squiggle right into my wallet, which is a very beautiful squiggle that I don't know if I can ever sell because it, it's so meaningful. So that's that's probably what I would say. Uh, wow. One of my uh, my biggest wins.
0: Such a great gesture from Snowfro. Uh, that must have been uh, super amazing for you. It's really a shitty experience. I mean, I only experienced it myself about a week ago. Uh, I clicked on a shitty link, which, which looks scammy. And I don't know why I clicked on it. I just... I just clicked on it and uh, drained my wallet. Oh my gosh. But, but lucky it wasn't like my vault or anything like that. It was a hot wallet, but it still had some stuff in it. But it's just a, uh, just a really shitty experience. And hopefully we could find a way to uh, make it a bit more user-friendly and uh, get ourselves a bit more well-versed and protected.
1: Yeah, I think it's time. I mean, we have to make these things as simple and clear as possible. And, you know, whether, unfortunately, whether it's scams or actual kind of hackers who are targeting individuals, it's kind of rampant so having more security in this space and better ux with DApps and platforms is definitely uh helpful so i'd love to see it's one of many things i'd love to see happen uh in the near future
0: if you look across i guess the the twitter space um do you have like a favorite punk personality that comes to mind
1: uh well actually there's as i mentioned there's a lot of collectors of my work who have become friends um and are just great people in the space. Uh, I guess I can give a shout out to Pixel Pete, who's a punk and who's a great photography collector and, and supporter of artists and photography. Yeah, there's, uh, I mean, I already shouted Tony. I think he's like a, again, just a generous person. Um, Snowfro is a punk as well, who I cited. So, I mean, at this point, all these great people, um, You know, who's, who's not in the community there. Um, But, you know, I think that the people who I appreciate most are those that are, you know, focusing on making real connections and friendships and, you know, connecting with art and um, supporting good people and, you know, fostering meaningful connections and relationships in this space. And I guess all of those people fall into that category.
0: I think you mentioned uh, all really top notch punks. And if you would describe a uh, punk culture in a few words, how would you describe that for you?
1: I guess, I mean, literally what I just said, I suppose, right? I mean, in in my mind, in a broader sense, of course, being punk means uh, being a little against the grain and kind of being creative, kind of operating your own lane. Um, I think there are a lot of interesting entrepreneurs and innovators that are in this community. And yet there's also kind of like, at least for the most part, like a warmth and um, welcoming quality. And uh, as I said, generosity around the best people who I've met. Um, so in an ideal world, it's that combo, right? Of, of people who are kind of rocking out and doing creative things in their own lane um, are entrepreneurial and, and creative in their own right, but also like open armed and interested in connecting and in, in deeper and meaningful
0: ways. Couldn't agree more. And maybe just getting onto a couple cultural or contentious topics now. You, you, you may have a view, may not. And so feel free to sort of decline to answer if you if you don't have a view or uh, don't want to speak about it. But um, what are your views on V1 punks?
1: Oh, good question. You know, I'm not like, I guess, staunchly on any side of the argument that goes on around V1 punks. I mean, I, I do see them as this like, interesting artifact as well, like sort of, uh, I guess in the vein of, uh, I don't know, I guess to use Warhol as an example, right? If if there was sort of like a production line for Maryland silkscreens or something like that, or tomato soup cans, and there was a whole line of them that were misprints or kind of oddities that the factory scrapped and, and decided to move on from. And they ended up circulating, you know, someone <laughs> breached it and it circulated and, and people collected them, they traded, they have their own um, kind of value as cultural artifacts and um, and they have a, I guess, scarcity and collectability by way of just being there and being this offshoot of something that then, you know, later was a more intentional and cohesive run of the silk screens, for example. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I see them, right? Like I, I'm I'm not dismissive of anything that's on chain. It's something that was created and happened to be floated, you know, floated out in the world and, um, is collected and appreciated by a particular group of people. Right. Um, so, and you know, worst case scenario, it just brings kind of more value and interest to, um, to punks, you know, or like the V2 run.
0: Well said. Um, and what about BTC punks, Ordinal Punks?
1: Oh, boy. Um, well, I mean, I think, you know, copies of the collection that are just spit out on other chains are exactly that, right? Like, I mean, again, it could have its own collector base or its own value its own tradability but you know it's sort of like a copy of anything right if if you think of it on those terms you know not that it's well yeah sort of that it's like a knockoff of a particular art piece or brand or you know something like that you could look at it maybe a bit like being a poster version of a painting or you know, something i don't know I, I don't really have a great analogy for it um but i guess i see it in that same way it's like it doesn't like hurt what is like the real or core um artwork or um community um but it doesn't interest me in the same way right from like a collecting standpoint and will kind of naturally i think trade uh, or have value or interest accordingly but you know people people will do what people do in this space
0: Yeah, I went uh, went pretty crazy recently, but uh, yeah, I'm of the same view. I think people just miss that connection to provenance. Yeah,
1: I mean, there's like optimism uh, punks or like, you know, Like, I think any chain and layer, there's going to be like a punk copy, I suppose. And I mean, they aren't even necessarily derivatives because they're not like altered or sort of like changed in a significant way. They're like, for the most part, I I would say like a copy of something. But well, that has its place right and that has its value and people enjoy trading those things so there's no uh, there's no downside to that really
0: totally and what are your views and thoughts on I guess the Yuga acquisition of, mm. of punks
1: well you know I think anywhere that there's money to be made or energy there's gonna always be people interested in and in getting involved um I wasn't there through the whole history of in the way that some people were. So I can't really speak to it from that kind of progression or that experience of being in the community and it evolving so much from like the early, early days uh, to something like that. But in some ways it's sort of bound to happen. And I think that like the creators who passed the baton did so for their reasons, right? Like they're they're creators who want to focus on creating and continue to do other things. And there's these other folks in the space who are kind of stewards of, of big projects and, you know, marketing them and bringing them to life in other ways. And they're sort of bringing it into a new chapter and creating new possibilities for it. And, you know, in maybe an ideal world, a project that's created by someone kind of stays under their umbrella and is sort of always kind of shepherded along. But at the same time, I think that when the baton should be passed, it's, it's sort of an okay thing. Um, and you know, I think that there'll be all kinds of positive things that come out of that. Um, so I'm, I'm here for it regardless in terms of like what the collection is and what the community is. Um, but this is just sort of, you know, market forces and and what happens in the world.
0: Nice. And, um, if you could pass on a message to punk one, eight, two, nine that comes after you, what would you like to say to them?
1: Oh, wow. Well, yeah, if, if I ever pass this one on, I hope it hope it lands with someone else who's kind of equally creative and trying to forge connections within the space. So I would just encourage that person to kind of carry on that baton of cross-pollinating and collaborating and um, hopefully being that kind of person uh, in this space.
0: Shane, that uh, sort of wraps up our... Uh, I guess the core of our interview today so um thanks for your time and I've uh, learned a lot at this session um
1: yeah it was a good chat it was great to talk with you
0: and uh I guess any closing comments uh from your side and you know how can sort of people find you
1: oh yeah I mean if anyone's listening and and wants to connect or is interested in learning more about photography and it's obviously it's my passion it's something I love to talk about and I'm happy to chat with anyone or chat in DMs, whatever works. I'm on Twitter. It's at Shane Lavalette, S-H-A-N-E-L-A-V-A-L-E-T-T-E. Or you can find Assembly as well on Twitter. It's just at Assembly Curated. And yeah, either way, reach out. I'm I'm truly happy to connect and hear from others and um, always enjoying meeting new people in the space.
0: It's it's great to sort of see people like you in the punk community. I think you're upholding the, the punk values and the, and the punk flag for sure, man. So it's a pleasure chatting to you again. Um, and hopefully I could come and visit uh, your gallery or studio in, um, in Houston one day. Yeah, so we'll have to connect.
1: Please, please come visit. We'll be around.
0: Yeah, for sure. And guys, it wraps up uh, another episode of Punkcast for this week. And yeah, we'll be back next week with another punk. Bye for now.